Hi everybody, uh, we're Feminist Fiction, uh, my, I'm Megan and this is Natalie and we've got, <laughs> uh, we're best friends from who are living in Manchester and we started a book group um, a while ago, a year ago now and we've turned um, our following into a podcast and here we are. Yeah, it's just an excuse for us to talk more to each other, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And hopefully there's some good stuff in there, you know. Yeah, we're mostly talking about um, books, um, movies and TV shows all around a theme. And today's theme is about body image, which this is actually our third time recording <laughs> this, guys. And it's because I had a lot of technical issues. Um, but also, I think partly it's quite a difficult one to talk about. Mm. So we just want to do a kind of like a disclaimer um, that everybody's body image and body image issues are different and that we can't really cover the full range of experiences. So it's it's mostly going to be led off our own and then what we've seen in the media. Would you agree with that, Natalie, or...? Yeah, definitely. I think just like we're by no means expert and also that we have like immense privilege in terms of being able-bodied, white, slim women. Mm. And that's the pers- the perspective that we're coming from. Like we're going to talk about our own body image issues. But yeah, I think it's just good to say up top that we're not, um, we're not experts on this. It's the one where I think we both felt most worried that we're going to like fuck up or say the wrong thing and I think the more yeah. we thought about it we were like we just need to really come at this from our own experience and talk about some cultural examples that we've seen um yeah. rather than trying to cover the whole kind of wide spectrum of body image which is just huge you know like and you could really do many many episodes I think on this so uh it's just going to be one flavor <laughs> of this yeah. big topic yeah, and I think like maybe to get us started, we asked the community on Instagram um, how they felt about their own bodies, and maybe we can talk about those quotes um, from the audience. Yeah. So um, somebody said, "I'd like to feel more neutral and thankful for all that it does for me." Sadly, we're not friends, and this links a bit to a different person's comment who said, "I feel conflicted today. I think I'm irresistible. Uh, tomorrow, I think I'm atrocious, and it's exhausting." And definitely that like is exactly how I feel um I'm yeah. like aiming for the body neutrality thing which is a phase that's come out recently um I mean if you don't already listen to a lot of like body image type podcasts or read a lot of books around this area it seems like there was a phase of body positivity and that now a lot of body image influencers are talking more about body neutrality like where do you stand on that Natalie? Yeah, I mean, I think that body, the body positivity movement and like how that started, I really think, you know, obviously there's all kinds of people involved in it, but a lot of that came from kind of fat activism and like reclaiming fat bodies and celebrating fat bodies because obviously that's, you know, not something that has happened at all, really, Mm. especially when I think about us growing up in like the 90s and the early 2000s, it was like, you know, size zero, it was extreme thinness. And so I think that body positivity as a real like pushback against that is great. But the problem with it, I suppose, is that it puts this extra pressure on people to feel good about their bodies all the time. And then if they're not feeling good about mm. their bodies, it's like they're not um, 
kind of supporting the movement right or they're not like feminist I think you know Mm -hmm. and I think that it's unrealistic maybe that you're going to feel positive about your body all of the time when we're just like bombarded with images uh, (laughs) that make you feel bad about it you know yeah like I've got to say I mean I think that's part of the reason we're finding this like conversation difficult is it's not a conversation that I feel great having you know like Mm. I don't feel that great about my body and I know so many other people who feel the same way Mm. and I yeah I, I I'm striving for that neutrality um but even that is like that person was saying you know the sort of one day I feel great one day I feel atrocious um it's it's a difficult like roller coaster to ride it's it's just really exhausting yeah 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 and I think it's really hard not to like I I've had like when I when I was in my early 20s I had an eating disorder and I think I would love to be like oh I'm just over it now Mm -hmm. like it's not an issue for me at all but it's that's not at all true like it's definitely this part of my brain that I have to like Mm -hmm. have a fight with (laughs) on a regular basis and kind of speak back to um and I think yeah we don't like we live in a very like image driven culture as well and I think now with like social media and that kind of thing um it's very hard to have a uh wholly positive relationship with your body yeah I think body neutrality is a good thing to aim for because Mm -hmm. um that is still more positive than feeling really negative I suppose about your body and critical of it all the time yeah definitely um another thing somebody said was I feel indoctrinated that I'm not allowed to visibly age um which like really could maybe lead us into our first um that we're going to talk about good luck to you Leo Grand maybe in a minute um but I did I did think that was a great representation of someone older but we'll we'll come Mm. to that but um yeah I definitely feel I feel like at the moment like now that I'm in my 30s you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be buying the anti-aging creams and stuff that I cannot afford. Mm. Um, but I definitely feel more conscious of uh, wrinkles and, like, what's coming. Yeah, I guess yeah. I do feel that pressure. But also, I have a kind of different problem where people perceive me to be a lot younger than I actually am. So, yeah, I'm not quite there yet. But I find that really uncomfortable, to be honest. That's one of my, like gripes I guess because I feel like when people are saying to me um oh my goodness I can't believe you're the age that you are you look like 18 it always feels and maybe it's just in my head but it always always feels like they're trying to belittle me and Mm. to to own the room more than I'm owning the room it's almost as if I've come into the room presented myself as I normally do which is quite you know I am quite confident and Mm assertive and it's like they're taking me down a few pegs by laughing at me and saying I look young and maybe it's just all in my head but it does drive me a bit mad like I'm not sure how how I if if I put a lot of effort into making myself look older then I think I'd be dismissed in the same way again like I'm not sure what age I could look where I would be perceived as um somebody worth listening to because ultimately I'm not a man maybe that's what it comes down to I was gonna say like it's a really interesting thing because it's almost like you can't really win like you're either sort of infantilized and like Mm -hmm. 
you know, like there's a lot of pressure on women to look young, but like when, like you say, when you do look young, you're then infantilized or like patronized. Mm. And then the minute you basically start looking yeah. older, you're also dismissed in a different way. It's like, there's no sort of like happy medium or it can feel like that. Yeah. I feel like so much is just based on, you know, perception of us. Like we're constantly, um, presenting ourselves in a certain way to meet a gaze if you get what I mean like yeah um and working towards meeting that gaze and it's very hard to like perceive yourself as you are and feel good as you are when you're constantly feeling like there's surveillance going on all the Mm. time I guess also like I think there's something in like there's the with like body positivity for example and I'm thinking about things of like you know there's been stuff on social media where that celebrities or like people who encourage people like I think Beyonce did a thing right where she like encouraged people to do like no makeup selfies I don't know if I'm yeah that's it, right no yeah is that right? I, d- I don't know whether it was Beyonce, but I, there was definitely a phase where a lot of celebrities were doing no makeup selfies yeah 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 and it was like and you know, that's, it's like, that's all well and good if you're Beyonce. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you can, you like post this like stunning picture of you yeah. with your makeup on and your like incredible complexion. It's like, there's this added pressure to like be a part of that. And it's like within that, there's so much privilege and like discrepancy. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. if you suffer with like really like acne or something, the diff, you know, how that is going to feel more difficult for you mm-hmm, to step into mm-hmm. that space and post that than it is someone who has a totally like, like clear skin that kind of fits our brief of, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, definitely. Just, and and yeah. really like her version of no makeup is so different to ours because she's absolutely loaded. So she will yeah. have been to a dermatologist if she ever had acne, you know, like she'll yeah. have had her eyebrows, um, I don't even know what it's called because I can't afford it. <laughs> but she'll have had the eyebrows done and yeah. everything about her face will have been worked on. All the right skincare that costs a lot more money than we're spending mm. on our skincare to get her face looking a certain way when it has no makeup. Do you get what I mean? Like, there's no yeah, such yeah. thing as an equivalent there. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess that's just how, like, the beauty industry wins, doesn't it? Because it's like, hit, mm. spend this amount of money and you'll be able to achieve this thing and, and feel better about yourself um I feel like as well with that you know it really annoys me that I'm spending quite a large proportion of my money of which I have very little on doing all those things which I now feel I have to to keep up with other women in a certain respect like you know and the men are are not spending much money at all on beauty mm. and maintenance mm. but when I think about all the products that I've bought even in the past month you know just to make myself look what I perceive to be perceptible um mm. no <laughs> what word am I looking for <laughs> to be Perce- attractive yeah. I guess Accept- acceptable I guess <laughs> acceptable yeah yeah <laughs> I just feel like um it's a ridiculous amount of money I wish I didn't feel the need to spend do you know yeah. what I mean yeah it's really hard because it's like again like talking about this I always have this sense of feeling like I wish that I could say that I'm like above it but I'm not at all. yeah <laughs> like, I buy skincare products like I f- do feel that pressure I I don't know like I'm not totally there I wish I could just be like fuck it to all of it I think with the aging thing in particular as well like 
there's this sense of I mean I feel like I'm 29 and in the past couple of years is the first time I've started to get like wrinkles and feel like I look a bit older and there's this real sense that like it's almost like if I don't do something about it now like it's only mm. gonna get worse you know like this yeah this sense of, and I think again that's like really in the kind of marketing of those products of like yeah and like things that I've read which are kind of like if you like do this stuff in, in your in your early 30s or whatever you know mm-hmm. your skin will be amazing for like the rest of your life and whatever and it's like this sense of the kind of irreversibleness of aging which is obviously just what aging is like we all get older but it's like yeah. the fact that we're trying to fight it so much I don't know it's like yeah if it, it felt there's this real sense of like doom that comes with it you know? definitely and it's a doom that men don't really experience because we just absolutely as a society older men are still mm. perceived to be really hot and yeah, yeah yeah they don't seem to need to do much of anything to be perceived as really charismatic and interesting yeah. and hot yeah yeah it's like you know um I think we talked about that Tarant that most recent Tarantino film but there's like a, a scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. with Brad Pitt and um a re- I can't remember her name the actress but she's like plays like a really young girl basically I think she's like 16 or 17 oh yeah I know who you mean you know. Margaret Qualley yeah and she has her feet up on the dashboard oh my god I hate that scene yeah it's just and like, they're really flirting with each other <laughs> and he's like in his 50s and she's yeah. like a teenager and I was yeah. just like and he's like you say yeah he's still perceived as a kind of like heartthrob yeah and Adonis yeah 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 and we just don't really see like women in Mm -hmm. that or definitely not as much I was like again I was talking to my partner about this and we were trying to think of like examples and we thought like I guess Nigella Lawson and like oh yeah I kind of held up as like hot older women but we really couldn't think of many examples and I think it's just Mm -hmm. it's not that they that like of like those two examples give you give you the sense that that it does exist older women are attractive yeah you know and can also be heartthrobs but it's like we're just not seeing it ever you know right yeah exactly um before we move into talking about um the movies and tv shows and books and stuff um I did ask the people in the book group um to ask us some kind of random questions so you're up Mm. for having a a quick fire round um so there is first one what were your first impressions of each other when you met and have they changed so this is not really related to bodies guys it's just throwing in a few just a fun little break before we get back into the deep issue that is body image (laughs) (laughs) just spicing things up you know (laughs) anyway we're all about lightness and heaviness it's all about balance in this podcast (laughs) (laughs) whatever you want we've got it okay um yeah well my first impressions of you were that you were very very cool just yeah cool I remember thinking this is definitely someone I want to be friends with so that panned out well um (laughs) but also that yeah like you were quite I had this perception of you as quite aloof which I found really exciting like I felt like I had to work to be your friend <laughs> like it wasn't an I, I easy so ride you know because that's not how I feel inside <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like I'm I know that now <laughs> translating to cool aloofness you know rather than like awkward uncomfortableness 
yeah <laughs> yeah obviously I know that now that we're friends but yeah what about you what was your first impression of me well the first meeting that I went to I mean I thought you were really clever like you had Aww. all these like really detailed notes on the book and like themes <laughs> And I remember feeling like I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like up my game a bit, <laughs> intellectually up my game, Aww. but in a really good way. Like, and the discussion that we had was amazing. And you seem very like together, I would say. Like, wow. I, you know, like you look really nice. You always look very nice, actually. You're always like very well Aww. put together, like good outfit. Even that even so on nice. this podcast that we're recording now, I have like damp hair and Megan looks amazing. <laughs> I just think like you and I like as similar as we are and like as much as we have in common like I do think that's a key difference between us is that I always envy the fact that like I always say to you don't I that you seem to be able to do like this effortless updo and stuff like everything about your appearance (laughs) is like so beautiful and like magnificent but it always comes across like really effortless like I just threw on this jumper and I just threw up my hair and it always looks like amazing whereas I think for me like in terms of my appearance and in terms of how I operate like with the notebooks and stuff it's like very very planned <laughs> like I'm, yeah like I'm not effortless in any way I am very <laughs> like uptight kind of like I guess I'm very type a um mm. yeah quite so it's it's not really it's interesting that you saw all that as like intelligence and organization because really it's just like blind panic like (laughs) I need to like translate that into yeah I need to try and change the panic into um some kind of coherent vision Mm. I don't know you're doing it well it is (laughs) a very coherent vision (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I feel like that kind of comes back to the body image stuff in a way because like even I went uh, camping with some other friends mm. like a couple of years ago and my friend made the same kind of comments that you're making of like oh wow you've got like a whole new like full-on outfit every day and like yeah you know I do go in for that and I do I do notice in myself that I'm finding it exhausting but it's like I can't stop myself I guess like mm. you know I would love to go camping and to really be like yeah, I'm going to wear whatever t-shirt and some shorts and not bother with my makeup and not bother with my hair and like really just be one with nature. But that is like not who I am at all at this <laughs> stage. Like I have to do, you know, the jewellery, the makeup, the hair, the mm. the dress, like, and that's how I, I then like stepping into all of that makes, mm. gives me my confidence, which I mean, it's fine, isn't it? You've got to do what you've got to do to to make sure that you feel the best version of yourself. But I do find it exhausting. Sometimes I think, like, why are you spending all of this time? You're wasting your time. You could be doing so much else rather than It depends, than doesn't it? Like, if you enjoy it and it makes you feel good, then mm-hmm. I think it's worth, it is worth your time. Like, yeah. it, depends, it depends on, like, where it's coming from. If you feel like you're doing it as a response to, like, feeling a lot of pressure or, like inadequate or you're doing it because you're like oh this makes me feel good and empowered then yeah you know that seems like a good reason to do it I think it's just like a mixed bag it's like everything all in one yeah yeah. (laughs) okay so um the second question that I got from everybody uh slightly different was are there actually any books that you guys have disagreed on books or authors that one of you loves and the other one absolutely hates (laughs) 
there's um, one yeah. that we can think of. There is just right. there's one and only one. <laughs> and we pretty much agree on most. I think we are quite similar in terms of what we like. Um, yeah, like generally definitely. at the book club we agree. I think, but. The one example is that I really like Jane Eyre and Megan doesn't like Jane Eyre. Yeah, <laughs> like it's one. like it's one of my least favorite classic books, and I was surprised to find that Natalie loved it. But the reasons that I don't like it um, are just that I found it very, very miserable. It's kind of like if you haven't read Jane Eyre, it's the story of quite a plain girl. That's a big specific part of it that I think you enjoyed, right? Mm. Um, and she it's just the story of her whole life really isn't it like she goes from place to place and she's got a very traumatic youth and I guess like I can see the value of reading something like that but I just I didn't feel like there was enough light in between the darkness to to warrant me persevering with it like I, I can't really judge it because I only got two thirds through and then I just thought this enough is enough like it was just so bleak I don't know what about you <laughs> why do you love it um yeah yeah I don't feel that way at all about it I actually didn't even <laughs> feel like it was that bleak and it's quite interesting to talk about because I've been re-listening I've been listening to it as an audiobook like when I go to oh. sleep um and I I guess what I like about it is like First of all, that I just hadn't read many classics that have a protagonist like Jane Eyre. Like, it's often mm. that they're very, like, wealthy or kind of attractive and she's none of those things. Um, I, maybe controversially, do like Mr. Rochester. Like, I think he's, like, witty and funny. But and okay. interesting the stuff he says. Isn't he much older than her, though? Doesn't that come yeah. back to our original yeah, yeah, yeah. problem? <laughs> Yeah. But I suppose, like, maybe I can excuse it more for being a sort of product of its time than I could something that came out now. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, I just think it's a really good story. Like, I was just really, like, gripped by the story. I think I was really not expecting to like it because I, you know, I I hadn't read it at school, but it is, like, a kind of school text and Mm -hmm. I'd known people... I don't know, it always seemed like it was going to be boring, I suppose, and it just wasn't at all... I didn't think it was boring at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah I suppose like maybe one of the things I like about it is like the conversation between the two of them like she's very sort of smart and intelligent and like kind of can match his you know wit and mm. all of those things um, yeah I don't know I just I like it a lot <laughs> <laughs> agree to disagree <laughs> yeah but yeah like that's really the only one we've ever come across we generally it's interesting because when it comes to the book club meets, there are always people there that disagree with us. Mm. Um, but generally speaking, we tend to agree with each other, I would mm. say. Um, yeah. Which is why it's probably good that we go and do different ones now. Like we do um, generally do two in-person meets a month and I'll do one and Natalie do the other one. And um, yeah, I feel like if we were there together... Um, we would just be like, I love everything you love and you love everything I love. Like, we're just kind of nauseating, yeah. which I guess I is think... what this podcast is like. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Like, it is good. Um, in, I like it in the book club when we have like a healthy mix. I do. Like, and dis- like when everyone likes it, it's just boring, isn't it? And that you, it is a bit, like, yeah, yeah, really good, really good. Great one, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, it's better when there's a bit of, like, I don't know, I, I guess, like, when people don't like it. 
the one yeah. without without going into the one we're doing I'm doing a book club meet tonight and I really did not enjoy it yeah. and I already know that's going to be a divisive one I think but yeah, yeah I, I knew that wasn't going to be the book for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for taking that one on. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, right, let's get to it. So now we're going to start talking about all the stuff that interested us on this theme. So basically, mm. in the middle of the day, a couple of weeks ago now, since it's taken us so long to get this <laughs> podcast working, uh, we went to see Good Luck to You, Leo Grand at the cinema. And we it was just like us and maybe like, one grandma and like one guy on his own like that was the whole cinema because it was 11 (laughs) a.m i thought there was going to be a lot more like horny old ladies than that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if you haven't seen the trailer or you haven't seen that movie it's a really interesting premise which really i felt would fit well with this theme Mm. um because the lead character she has lost her husband um she's lost like that really she never had um, much of a sexual relationship in her marriage. Mm. She did, but it was, like, not very exciting. So when her husband passes away and she's kind of over the grief grieving period, she decides to hire um, a man and she books a hotel room. Mm. Um, I mean, what, what's, what do you call that? Like, a, a sex worker, right? Yeah, yeah. And he is... Um, absolutely drop-dead gorgeous um he's very very good at his job like extremely good at his job because he's like relaxes her talks like at the same level as her you know is very intelligent and is able to like is he's very emotionally intelligent he can read he's like can can read that she's feeling anxious and knows how to calm her down and a lot of the scenes are just the two of them in the room talking and Mm. navigating how to get the sex like off the ground but it's mm. just such it's really engaging much sex do you i think true yeah true. later on in the film there's a bit but it's not really it mainly it's just their conversations yeah um, i love that thing of like all that like a, a film or book or tv show is gonna be is just two people in a room talking mm. like it reminded me of um like one of my favorite movies is that series of movies, the Before Sunrise trilogy. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. And that's literally just two people walking along um, for the whole movie. They just walk along and talk yeah. to each other. And yeah. this I really liked because it was like that. And because there is so much to explore within that, you know, about two characters. Yeah. Um, but I guess why it's relevant to um, our discussion is the fact that. It was really refreshing to see an older lady and a younger man yeah. just navigating that. Yeah, and I think they kind of quite interestingly, like they talk about it in the film, the fact that yeah. she's, she's older and he's younger and that she's kind of paying for a younger body. Yeah. And I think they it also like explore the power dynamic between them mm-hmm. quite well of like... They do. How, you know he like without I guess doing spoilers like he as a sex worker has boundaries about Mm. you know his life which she just totally crosses at one point in the film yeah and it's this kind of entitlement I think that she she feels she has to him as a result of paying for his body Mm. but like you know and that's her privilege I guess that's her side of it and then his privilege and his side of it is being this really really young 
attractive guy. Yeah, like, yeah. And having he's got like a six pack and he, and all of these things, and mm. that gives him um, power and in the world, you know, which she doesn't have as an older woman. Yeah, she feels kind of short about feeling like invisible and not realizing the power that she had when she was young in terms of her body and her body image. Yeah, and like at one point in the movie, he talks about how he feels like um, this should be like almost like an NHS type service that everybody mm. deserves to have mm. this level of attention. And like, I, I really, that was my favorite part of the movie, his little speech there. Because I mean, it was a bit contrived, like you could tell that that was just you know the director wanting to make that point very clearly but Mm. it's true you know I really feel like that's not talked about enough that a lot of people have bodies that you know they are not receiving a lot of attention for and Mm. or like they don't know how to seek out um sex in the same way as other people might and it's kind of what he's describing is how beautiful it is that he can like make someone feel good about their body and that everybody should have the right to that um and like there's nothing wrong with paying for it if if you need to or want Mm. to Mm. and he's so beautiful I mean I would (laughs) he's also Irish it just adds a whole other thing (laughs) what a what a man (laughs) what a man anyway so like at the end of the movie as well there's a beautiful scene where it's just the lead female character. What's the name of the actress? I don't know why I'm not Emma saying that. Emma Thompson. Right, of course, yeah. So Emma Thompson's, like, stood in front of the mirror and she's, like, fully lit, naked, looking at herself in the mirror. And it's that was really powerful, I thought, the fact that um, you got to see, like, her saggy tummy from having children and, like, mm. that her boobs had dropped and that she was smiling like she's so happy with her body. That made me cry, like... Mm just that acceptance of your body as it is like it's just not it's never going to be perfect and Mm. and it's really magnificent what it's done at her age and like having had kids and gone through so many life events um and to be able to see that on her body is beautiful as well you know yeah and I guess like maybe what the film is trying to explore as well is that like so sex is a kind of like celebration of your body isn't yeah. it and like a way of enjoying your body um so the difference between her at the beginning of the film and the end of the film in, in that way of like mm. what this experience has done for her own feelings about her body and herself is yeah. like huge you know and it's there's so much like shame I think especially around older people and sex in general like yeah. I think there's an idea that like they don't do it or they shouldn't be doing it or something mm, you know yeah. or it's not a, like um part, like a, a big part of their lives which is obviously bullshit you know and I think that yeah. that comes from a sense of like stigma around older bodies it's like we're more comfortable thinking about young people having sex because mm-hmm. we're more comfortable thinking about young people naked <laughs> and yeah, bodies yeah. than we are older people you know which like is quite weird when you think about it like why do we have this idea that a younger body is more attractive? Mm. And, like, it mm. seems... A lot of the time it seems, like, too far in that extreme, doesn't it, for women? You know, mm. it, I really feel like a lot of films are... I mean, the other day I was just texting Natalie about this advert that I keep seeing for Daisy Perfume, and, like, the girls, they are women, but they're dressed as, like, 
young girls and they're acting like young girls and they're dancing around in the field and it just makes me really uncomfortable like this mm. fixation that society has on like little girls little girls bodies yeah. and that maybe that's what we're supposed to be aspiring to with like diet culture and things is getting ourselves yeah. like you know like our bodies aren't going to do that anymore like yeah. even if we do starve ourselves we're still gonna have hips now and thighs and you know like there was yeah. a time when my body was straight up and down yeah. um but even me as like a slim person like it, it's not like that anymore and it's weird yeah. that we we you know fixate on yeah. that I think yeah definitely like I just I and I also just think about it in terms of like you know again we're talking from the position of being kind of like white slim women um but it's like there is power in that right like mm-hmm. in that in meeting that standard and I and what is sometimes I think like what am I going to feel like when I'm when I no longer have that privilege like I true is that there's a lot of power for in for women in being attractive or being Mm -hmm. seen as being attractive and then for older women like my mum has talked about it even she was really thin when she was younger like beautiful Mm-hmm. And she still is beautiful, but, like, she talks about how she feels as an older woman, like, just invisible suddenly. Mm-hmm. It's, like, just no mm-hmm. one, like, cares anymore. And it's, like, there is this... Yeah. I don't know, it is this kind of power that is then just... Seems to just sort of go as you get older because of what our society is like, you know? Mm. It's so sad and it's so, like, wrapped up, I think, as well, in the fact that older women have a lot more knowledge and, like experience and like confidence to bring to the table and and perhaps that's another reason why society is like turning away from them because younger women from like from the if you're looking at the perspective of like this kind of insult culture younger women are the ones that are easier to manipulate like they've got less um wherewithal to know themselves and to have the confidence to say no to people perhaps and yeah I just think it's really really sad that yeah. we're not perceiving older women for like the amazing amazing people that they are um especially and, yeah. like it's not it's like it's easy to feel like you know like talking about incels and those kind of mm. men and like jordan peterson type people yeah will say like almost like oh this is like the natural way like the way things are is just like objectively mm. how things are uh-huh. which is just not true at all you know like in so many other cultures and like indigenous cultures like ancient Mm. cultures they're really matriarchal do you know what I mean they're like older women are like the top of the chain they're like super respected you know yeah have five husbands (laughs) like (laughs) amazing I mean it's like it's like the complete opposite thing and it's like this idea that this is just how it is it's such bullshit you know totally I wonder whether um the fact that we were talking about like youth and like very attractive uh women and stuff maybe could lead us on to talking about my body um the book Mm. that we both read what's the name of that model that wrote it emily ratikowski yeah like um if you haven't read that everybody um it's a non-fiction book but it came out a while ago and she's probably i would say like one of the most beautiful women maybe on the planet Mm. she has yeah she's an amazing body doll body right because she's very yeah but massive boobs yeah yeah i think it for me it was interesting to read about a body from that perspective um, and her experience of living in her body 
um, and how although she's used her body um, to make money and that's been positive, it's sometimes led to very uh, difficult circumstances. Um, I mean, what was your reading on that book? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think maybe like everyone, I went into it a little bit cynical in terms of being like, well, it can't be that difficult <laughs> to be yeah. you. But I, first of all, I think she's just like a really good writer and I was amazed by how sort of talented she is in that respect. Mm-hmm. But also like, I think she really presents a very balanced view. It's not like she's saying that it's 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 all been negative. She talks a lot about the like immense privilege that it's her body mm. has given her. Like there's a bit where she talks about doing how much she gets paid to do like an Instagram post. And it's insane. It's like 20,000 yeah. pounds. Do you know what I mean? By then she gets to go wow. on holiday and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And she really acknowledges yeah. how kind of ludicrous that side of it is. But also that, you know, and I think um, the film that we saw also kind of touched on this. Like there mm. is an obvious um, downside to I guess, selling your body, which is still Mm -hmm. what she's doing in a different context in the term, in terms of like other people feeling that they're entitled to it because they're paying you to do something, you know, and like Like, how horrible that can, that gets for her at some, at some points, you know. Exactly. Like she talked about how she rose to fame because she was starring in the Blurred Lines music video and that the, who's the guy that um robin sings that song yeah that he was touching her inappropriately during the shooting of the video Mm. and experiences like that are like throughout the book and i i did find that really interesting because you know it's that idea of separating a woman as a person from a woman like being perceived as just a body like i do Mm. think that our society to a certain extent does say to us that we are maybe objects like we're being objectified and particularly she's making money out of being objectified um Mm. but it's it I don't know it it does disturb me a lot the language surrounding that type of thing and the way that men are what I mean to me it feels like they're increasingly seeing us as objects but maybe it's just that I'm growing in awareness of that through researching more but I'm really scared about this incel stuff to be honest I feel like it's coming more and more into the language as well like I heard someone use just the word of being a chad um on Love Island and I was thinking oh my god like this has got what does that mean I don't know yeah so in incel culture there's lots of different um like there's a lot of different like lingo um that they use and a chad is a boy who they perceive to be like so beautiful and lucky because they're beautiful so it'd be like how how she this model that we're talking about is like they would perceive her to be I think they probably got a different word for that but they they talk a lot about people who are naturally what they think is naturally beautiful and they hate chads because chads get girls and they feel hard done by that they're never able to get girls but even Mm. that um, even the way I'm saying that, you know, the getting of girls, it's like treating the girls as objects yeah. um, and like possessions to be won. And the whole thing is really dark and horrible. You should read up on it, guys, like the red pill, the black pill. There's a lot of different um, 
terms that they use. Mm. And I've I, heard I of think, the red pill thing. Yeah, very, do you know like, what oh, that means? No. Oh, right. It's like, it's from the Matrix, isn't it? Like, okay. in the Matrix, um, there's a bit where, if you haven't seen the Matrix, the main character, he is, he's like experiencing... He's he goes to like an office job. He has like a kind of not standard life, I guess. But he feels like there's something wrong. Like the world isn't real. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. And there's a bit okay. in it where um, Morpheus. <laughs> it's a great film, The Matrix. Actually, it's a shame. Maybe that's another thing that, that you and right. I don't agree on. Like, because oh, really? I did not get that film at all. Like, I just, sorry. <laughs> Maybe I, should, I didn't get it. Maybe I should rewatch it as an adult because at the time yeah. I just thought, oh, boy stuff. Like, I really can't be bothered. No. I, me and Ross rewatched it recently and I do okay. think it's an amazing film. Really? Like, the, sequ- okay. the sequels are not good, but the first one, really good. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. And it's a great idea. But anyway, there's a bit in it where one of the characters... Um, Morpheus says to Neo who's the main character mm-hmm. he's like do you want the blue pill where you can carry on your life and everything we've ah, been saying or do you want the red pill right. where you can discover the truth and he's kind of like the red pill's like it's not easy do you know what I mean to take the red pill okay. like um, and that's where the, the term has come from okay it's this yeah, idea yeah, that yeah. like red pilling is like telling the truth and saying things mm-hmm. how they actually are and it's been kind of adopted by Oh right, which is a shame because the Matrix is a good film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's scary, scary, scary times. So let's move on to something lighter now, shall we? <laughs> move away from incel culture. It's just like a roller coaster ride. This uh, podcast, isn't it? You get the highs, the lows. <laughs> get it all. And, well, I guess like we're also moving. Well, we were talking about. Um, we just took a quick break, which is maybe obvious from this. <laughs> this but we were talking about Emily Ratajkowski and my mm-hmm. body. And she is obviously coming, yeah, from this immense kind of privilege. And I suppose to segue into the next bit, to go to in the opposite direction, we wanted to talk about some examples of like fat characters and fiction and stories, mm-hmm. which I feel I'm happy to say we're getting many more examples of. Um, yeah. But also we can talk a little bit about, like, kind of historically how fat people have been portrayed and, you know, some other examples there. But we wanted to talk about um, a TV show called My Mad Fat Diary, which was on Channel 4 maybe, like, 10 years ago. I think it was about 10 years ago. Yeah, like, Um, in relation to, like, Skins and those kinds of shows, was it out after them or at the same time as them? Yeah, It it was a bit after Skins. So it was... Yeah. I think I was about... Like nine, like twenty, nineteen or twenty, maybe when it came out. I mean, I rewatched the entire thing in preparation for this um, because I've got a lot of time on my hands, <laughs> so I can talk a lot about this. It's basically about a character called Ray, um, and she's extremely cool. Very well. It's set in the nineties, even though it wasn't filmed in the nineties. Um, so she's very into like Brit pop era uh, music. And she's just kind of coming out of a phase of having been in a mental health facility. Um, And now she's back at home and she's starting to make new friends for the first time. And she's got this really amazing group of exciting people. And it's her navigating how can she um, be herself, be confident, be as funny as she normally is, like make these new friends, make this new life for herself. And like 
balance that with the fact that she is really struggling with her mental health. And I think, to be honest, I found like it, it handled it all really sensitively and really well. Um, mm. What's your recollection of the show? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think it's so in, in such a like nice contrast to things like Skins, which we've talked about in other episodes. Yeah. And, like the kind of way that... feels like worlds apart from that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I just think... Um, again like now we've got more examples of it but at the time I really felt like I had pretty much never seen like a fat protagonist do you know what I mean right yeah it was it felt like really revolutionary somehow like we really have never seen it yeah and you know like that it's it does like talk about her weight and that's part of her issues with her like mental health that she has like an eating disorder and and but at the same time it's not all about that it's also just Mm. like she has relationships she has issues with her friends like yeah you know I just yeah it was really like refreshing and I think particularly that like again like the the their love interest in it is like a very cool kind of 90s Britpop boy yeah stereotypically kind of handsome and he is just like he love he's just loves her he's obsessed with her yeah, yeah, that relationship is just so beautiful because yeah. she keeps asking him, why me? Like, why do you like me? And she can't accept it. And she keeps trying to push him away because she's not accepting his, like, complete devotion to her. Mm. Um, and he keeps saying, like, all the right things, really, that he mm. thinks she's amazing. He loves X, Y, Z about her. Mm. Um, and at one point he says, you can't tell me who I choose to love. Like, this mm. this show is, like, way ahead of its time. Like, it's so mm. good. Yeah. Um, and he's so right. Like, yeah, that's his... He, he was saying something like, it's his choice. She couldn't take that away from him. Mm. And, um, you know, he really deeply loves her. And why wouldn't he? Because she's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And she is beautiful, as well as being so interesting in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, it really has aged very well, which some of the other examples that we can talk about are (laughs) shockingly bad. Yeah, maybe we'll go into some of them then. So what do you mean? So I wanted to talk about Monica in Friends, like the Mm -hmm. legacy of like fat Monica in Friends, because last, well, throughout the pandemic, me and Ross rewatched Friends, literally the whole thing on Netflix, like from start to finish. Because I've I guess, watched it like, so many times. Like, I feel like you're like, quite, like, not keen on it or something. But I know it's made a lot of mistakes. But I, I have watched hours and hours and hours of Friends. Like, I do love it. No, no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't, okay. have, I wouldn't have decided <laughs> to rewatch it and if I, if I hadn't. Do you know what I mean? But it's okay, also, like, it's very, like, comforting, isn't it? And easy. Yeah. And, and also, we yeah. grew up with it. Like, our generation, it was, like, on TV just all the time. Yeah. So, um, but just, I mean, there's just, I think it's just worth recognising there's just many Definitely. things within it that have really not aged very well. Okay, and yeah. fat Monica and just generally the way that weight is spoken about in the show is, like, like difficult, to be honest, to, to deal Definitely. with. Like, with a, in the modern context and that she you know Courtney Cox like the whole her character Monica if people haven't seen Friends there's her storyline is that she when she was a teenager she was fat and then she lost all of this weight and it's just constantly like the punchline 
you know, in so mm. so many things. It's always this thing about like she can't like control herself around food as an mm-hmm. adult, and that she it's like she has to be really careful, which again yeah. is like a weird thing to be depicting. Mm. And then you know you get these flashbacks of them as teenagers, where Courtney Cox, the actress, is wearing a fat suit, and it's just like awful the way that they depict yeah. her. You know, it's like she's they they like make it seem like she's disgusting people constantly mm-hmm. comment on her weight like constantly around her mm-hmm. i mean yeah it may, I, it may like there's some things some things in that show that just made me feel very angry and that was definitely one of them because i yeah. think like it's so dehumanizing do you know what i mean it's it so is, yeah. it's like this idea that they're like not a person that could have mm. like a life or relationships or anything it's like full fat phobia and yeah I mean the uh, just the other example like to kind of tie into that what that I wanted to talk about is um oh my god what's it called I've forgotten what it's called <laughs> I'm talking about this um shallow, shallow how yeah shallow how which <laughs> sees Jack Black have like an accident I think it's so weird stories that are like this I find them really funny this idea yeah. that you like have an accident and like the whole world changes and he sees um, this woman, Rosemary, who's fat as thin, as a thin Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> basically. Oh, and yeah. It's like he, you know, he's like obsessed with her because of that, because she's like, he doesn't understand why thin Gwyneth Paltrow would want to go out with him. But mm. then he falls in love with her, you know, for her actual personality. And then when he snaps out of this like, brain injury or whatever's going on. Oh my god. He he's he still loves her even though she she's fat. And oh I think at the god. time it thought it was like really progressive. To yeah. Like I uh, mean and, you couldn't yeah. release that now at all, could you? Yeah. That logic that you've just described of like he loves her even though she's fat. Like yeah. that that has gone completely out the window for anyone with a brain. Like you know, you would love someone, like, as they are, not even though or despite something. Exactly. Otherwise, it's not real love at all. Um, yeah. That's horrific. Like, the whole plot of that movie is actually horrific, looking back on it. <laughs> yeah, and I just think, like, there's so much within, like, fat phobia that's, like... It's, like, it's no wonder that so many women are concerned about weight when mm, the portrayal mm. of being fat is, like you're going to be, like, dehumanised, made fun of, and, like, no one will want to have a relationship with you, which is obviously nonsense. And also that, like... I'm just really, like, venting now, because it reminds me of so (laughs) much. Yeah, go for it. But, like, there's so much racism within, like, within this as well, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, this idea that, like, the standard body is, like, thin and white, Mm. you know? Um, And that anything that deviates from that is unhealthy, in some way yeah. which is just constantly yeah. what we're like again which is just not true like I mean mm. Lizzo like praise be <laughs> we love Lizzo <laughs> has said so much good stuff around this like <laughs> oh, hey, I love you <laughs> like yeah and yeah, that she's you know she's a performer she does these like shows all the time and she's also a fat woman and she's talked so much about like this idea that being fat is unhealthy and that she's like, I work out all the time so that I can do these shows. Like, 
this idea that I'm like lazy and unhealthy is just mm-hmm. not the case. And I think it's like, we really have to like try and get past this idea of like, that being fat means being lazy, being unhealthy, being unable to control yourself. It's like conflated with these like immoral yeah. fit. It's like conflated with morality True. in some way. That's yeah, completely agree, completely agree. But also think like having worked for a long time, like I, you know, for those of you who don't know, like I've worked to teach for the last like five, six years and I do tend to work in these like deprived communities and like that's just really given me as like a middle class person a much better understanding of like, you know, why people might be uh, fat because, mm-hmm. you know, like you're right completely that people like Lizzo are amazing and they're not lazy la 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 but neither is somebody who is eating all the time um because they're having to work three jobs and it's going to give them mm. the sustenance to get through those three jobs like that person is also not lazy and then the person that's like perhaps on the doll trying to feed like five mouths yeah is not lazy either even if they're not going to work you know and like if all they can afford is ju- afford is junk food then I just think a lot of this comes down to not only like race issues, body issues. It also comes down to like capitalism, like telling us that laziness is bad and that productivity is like so, so important. But like the other thing is even for me, like as a slim person, like I'll own up to being like really fucking lazy quite a lot of the time. Like if you want to use that term, you know, when I feel very low, then I'm not really doing a whole lot and I'm eating a lot, you know, to make myself feel better. And food is just so tied up in all these issues, isn't it? I hope I've voiced that okay. Yeah, because I think, like, that is the other thing is, like, money. You know, like, I mean, it's interesting that Gwyneth Paltrow was in that film and that she now runs Goop, which is a kind of wellness brand. Yeah, that is interesting. (laughs) the, The wellness culture of, like you know, eating really well, exercising or like clean eating, that kind of mm. inverted commas thing is such a privilege. It's so expensive. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Organic food, yeah. like, yeah. or to go to the gym or have a personal trainer or take yoga classes, all of those, th- like those things that you're talking about. It's like, it's really also like a class issue because right. that that type of food, A, is not just even available to anyone and B, is you know, like like you say, you have children, you have a family, or you're not earning enough. You just have to make an, you know, just have to mm-hmm. eat something. Yeah, like, like also, I've afford. worked in quite a few communities which are, like, so badly connected, which I can only get to because I have the ability to walk, because um, I'm able-bodied, and, like, mm. I, I can walk down the hill for, like, half an hour to get to that, that place kind of thing. And when I get there, there's only one shop. So if you have any kind of mobility issues all that you're eating all of the time is the food from that one little shop, which may only sell, like, best case scenario, um, you know, your nutrients are only going to come from, like, fish fingers and chips, and they don't sell any fruit and veg. You know, like, I think people really don't acknowledge that side of this enough. Like, sometimes, like, there's so much in the media about making good choices. Well, what if the choices are not available to you in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the I've idea gone on that quite a rant. <laughs> yeah, the choice is like some kind of like moral one as well all the time. Yeah, it's just a question of like, you know, you like choosing because you're feeling like I think there's you know like good yeah. and bad and reasons where like you're fe- like 
you're going to be people say like I'm going to be good and I'm not going to eat the cookie yes yes um even though like that's not that kind of well, that kind of decision making is like it comes from a point of privilege you know definitely definitely um oh, I've really gone off on one there yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it really like enrages me when I when I start getting into it you know because but it's yeah. also that that like comparison culture that we have is like if you're sat there on your on your Instagram looking at Gwyneth Paltrow's mm. life comparing mm. yourself and your body to her you know there's so much out, out at like else in play that yeah yeah to do that you know it's like a ridiculous kind of thing to compare yourself to but it's like the world that we live in now is like you see that you look at Mm. like one of the parts Instagram and then 10 minutes later you'll get an advert for some like powder or something that's gonna like change your life and then you'll buy it (laughs) that's capitalism guys (laughs) oh my god it's so depressing and like your brain isn't always gonna do all the mental gymnastics that we've just done to get from a to b like it's just like i see that thing i feel bad about myself i need that other thing and yeah it's it's really a bad cycle but like i guess um i've got some examples of kind of really positive um things for uh, representation of fat people so like I read this book Milk Fed um which you haven't read have you Natalie um no. but that's one of my favorite books that I've read this year I definitely recommend everybody to have a read um and it's really really beautiful it's a story about a woman who has an eating disorder and she meets um a fat woman and she falls in love with the fat woman and it's as well as falling in love with her like almost through the process of falling in love with this fat woman, she learns to like accept herself and to let go of the eating disorder. So it's just like so beautiful. Um, Mm. And I really loved the descriptions of like why she was attracted to the fat woman um, Mm. in the sense of, you know, she really fantasized about like holding her rolls of stomach. And, Mm. um, you know, when they went on a date together, um, it was part of almost like the flirting and the courting of each other was the fact that the fat woman was fe- sorry I can't remember the names of the two women but um oh sorry yeah I do Rachel and Miriam so Miriam she was um feeding Rachel mm. a load of different snacks like they deliberately that was the point of the date was that they would buy everything on the menu and mm. just feed feed each other um and Miriam really understood that Rachel was like gasping for food that she'd been starving herself and that connection to like coming back to what you were saying about um how sex should be a celebration that's really how it felt to me in this book like reclaiming our bodies um can be really powerful and like it just was honestly that book made me cry so much just thinking about how someone could really love someone else and really find them beautiful exactly in the skin that they were in not like fantasizing about them being something different but yeah yeah so so nice (laughs) yeah definitely um I was gonna say I think we both watched Shrill as another positive example love it again I know it's based on a book which I haven't read but I've heard very good things about Mm -hmm. I think she's called Lindsay West the author yeah um who is a fat woman and 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 a journalist and a writer and she's received a lot of shit on the internet 
for that and I think that's what the book kind of focuses on a bit and originally I suppose the TV show also looks at that kind of like um, being a public figure who's also fat and then but then I think again like what's so positive about that show is that it kind of transcends that and it's just her life yeah you know like it's just like a normal sitcom comedy like comedy which felt refreshing to me yeah I think as well like obviously I've fixated there a lot on the issues surrounding like why working class people might be fat but Mm. I think what's amazing about that show is that she's a middle class person who is you know has an amazing job like a really aspirational job of being a writer in a busy journalist environment um she has amazing dresses all the time she looks so pretty all the time she has enough money to like make herself look that way their apartment is beautiful you know she is when you watch when I watch it I want to be her like Mm. and I think that is really beautiful and I like the scenes where she's just stood there kind of eating like there's a scene where um, because I rewatched that recently as well. Mm. <laughs> um, there's a scene where she's just had sex with someone and they're asleep upstairs and she walks downstairs um, and gets herself some pasta out of the fridge mm. and she just eats pasta for, like, a while. Like, there's nothing else happening in that clip. It's mm. just you watching her eating pasta and, like, she's so happy. Like, she's so... She looks mm. really smiley and happy. And and it that was really beautiful as well. I just thought, you know yeah do you know what food tastes great like you only get one life like I yeah I I want to be that confident and I want to enjoy my food like it really was but just in general um I love watching that show as a representation of a fat woman just living her normal life and it's not always about the food issues like you you, Mm. like you said Mm. it's also about her work life her love life her friendships Mm. um like she's yeah, got I, and I think the point you're making about it being aspirational is a is a good one though like mm. and also like yeah seeing um like fat people eat without it being like this shameful thing right yeah yeah you know? yeah it being this like joyful thing which it is like you say food is good <laughs> yeah like there's a part of me that thinks like I don't know but maybe there are fat people who do eat more than me and I wish I did eat more, to be honest. I think that's mm. kind of, I don't know whether that's worth saying, but I just feel like food is delicious. I wish I could mm. enjoy it and fuck mm. it. Like, eat as much or as little as you want to eat. Like, it's your body, isn't it? There's, um, just as a side note, this isn't a fiction or even non-fiction example, really, but it, I don't know, there's a comedian called Sophie Hagen. She was like... um She's on The Guilty Feminist for quite a long time, which I imagine probably some people listening to this will know. But Mm. she's um, really good at talking about these issues, like definitely worth following on Instagram. Mm. She did a thing recently where she's a fat woman and she posted her what she eats in a day, which was just like whatever she wants and and lots of food. And she was like, I feel like it's important for me to share this and do it like with pride because like mm. I didn't give a fuck about diet culture and like I right, just eat whatever exactly. I want you know love that yeah, yeah that's great I think that's really really great um yeah is there any other examples that you want to talk about before we go on to our general recommendations or are we done with no um I think 
Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's such a big topic, isn't it? It feels like there's so many things that we could discuss, but I think that's good. I think we've done some good examples. <laughs> good for us. It well. <laughs> well I, done. I hope so. I really hope so, guys. I hope that... Um, because one thing we talked about a lot before this is about like pretty privilege and obviously we're so aware that of us being white slim people um and you know I, I hope that no one sat there thinking oh what, what am I listening to this for who are these two people who know nothing about it um and also we did mention maybe going into stuff about um disabled bodies transgender bodies etc but I think there's so much scope with this topic that maybe we'll come back to those um areas of discussion for and give them a bit more space um and think about that more deeply um so that's why we haven't covered absolutely everything but I hope that's fine so anyway um what about your recommendations like what have you been watching reading um okay so I've actually just me and my boyfriend just went to Bristol for the weekend uh, to visit some of his oh, friends yeah. and when we were How there was it was it? really it was so nice and Bristol's really nice like I haven't been yeah. there for a really long time so I couldn't really remember it but yeah I was it's amazing mm. such a beautiful city it but is basically like when we were there they took us to a three pound bookshop there mm-hmm. all of the books are three pound and nice. me and Ross like picked a book for each other which was quite cute. Oh my god, you guys! You make me sick. <laughs> That's so cute. And he picked a really good one. Like for me, I'm super impressed. It's what did called, he pick? I, I, so I feel like I should have written this down before. I think it's called In Paris with You. Oh um, my god, are you joking? He bought you a book called In Paris with You. Yeah, hold on. I can't even. You're so cute. <laughs> Sorry, it's not very good prep. It's yeah, it's called In Paris with You. Okay. And um, he, it's got this like really beautiful cover, but it's also written in a way that's almost like poetry. It's like mm-hmm. little like lines, which is kind of interesting because like for me as a script writer and like plays I've written, that's how I write. Sometimes it'll be like mm. a monologue, but it will be like very short lines. Yeah. And so it's been really nice recently because I was kind of like, I almost feel like you're not allowed to write like that in a novel or something. It's like you're supposed yeah. to follow this way of doing it and she's just not done that at all, which is quite nice. exciting to read. And it's really, like, funny. I guess it's a little bit like YA. It's about... It's kind of mm-hmm. these teenagers who were together and then they bump... It's like them bumping into each other 10 years later. But it's also mm-hmm. like them walking around Paris and all of that, like, which is, like, I just love that kind of... Any anything set in like a major city, I'm yeah, that's into so it. nice. Just I um, love Paris in general. Like just yeah. going traveling through a book is such a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's nice because it's like I think had we not gone into this bookshop, because the selection was just so like random, it wasn't mm. like new stuff. It's not a book that I ever would have probably found out about if it wasn't for going into this bookshop. So you know, like most of the things that I read, I feel like it's because yeah. I've heard about it on a podcast or like I've or mm. someone else has recommended it to me or or it's like a new bestseller or something so it feels yeah. nice to just be reading this like random book that I never would have yeah. done otherwise and it's really good but I think it's like you know I just the book the book we just read the parable of the sour for the book club which is so dark <laughs> and this is very very light so it's also been a nice you know change from that I yeah that's good um did you have any others or do you want me to go into mine 
No, you go for yours. Um, well, I've been reading this non-fiction book and it's like blown my mind. Um, it's called Attached. Um, it's about attachment theory. Have you read it before? I actually have read a bit of it. I've got it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've kind of dipped into it in a self-help way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a, yeah. Like a like, manual, you know? I won't lie. Like, it's quite... Like, you really have to focus and you sort of have to do work through reading the book. So it's not one that you can just kind of pick up and, like, flick through or whatever. It's not It's not necessarily easy, but I think it should be, like, mandatory reading for maybe, like, every person on Earth. Especially yeah. people who are trying to, like, have a romantic relationship or even a sexual relationship, any kind of relationship at all. Um because I've learned so much like I just and mostly I've learned so much about myself through reading this book um because I remember like a while ago being asked you know what's your attachment style you know like therapy context and I didn't know I didn't know at all Mm -hmm. um but had I read this book I would understand like completely that my attachment Mm -hmm. style is very very obvious and that I think what is really, um, what really woke me up with this book is I thought that you could either be um, like securely attached, anxiously attached or avoidant um, and then that's what you were for life. But what the book is saying is that if you are anxious or avoidant, you can work to become secure, which like that blew my mind. Like I didn't Mm. think that was a thing. Mm. I just thought you were stuck with what you got. And then the other Mm. thing that I found out is that it doesn't necessarily come from like the way that you were parented. Like I've always been reluctant to talk about attachment with my parents, for example, because I feel like um, they take, they might take it personally in terms of like how they raised me. But what the book is saying is that you can become anxious or avoidant through the relationships that you have as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you can become whichever one through like a series of events it's not necessarily something that's determined in in your youth um but yeah the main thing is you just gotta try and maybe be mindful of how you're responding to intimacy um so for example for myself like it's definitely been brought to my attention by this book that I'm like extremely avoidant and I can't believe that I've never realized that until now Mm. um so for example when an ex-boyfriend um, came to stay for the weekend. I remember myself kind of going down to take the bin out and taking like huge deep breaths of like the air outside. Like, oh my God, mm. I'm finally free. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I had to like ring a friend to psych me up to go back upstairs to have a lovely oh. time with my lovely boyfriend who'd come <laughs> to visit me from like a different city for the yeah. weekend and done loads of romantic things for me, like written me songs and bought me dinner and all sorts of things. Mm. But the intimacy was like so terrifying to some part of me that I was like running away from it. Anyway, mm. that's my overshare for the day. <laughs> no, it's interesting. <laughs> like I'm also avoidant and I definitely mm-hmm. have had to do work to like I don't I never have thought of myself like that like I think it was sort of a surprise when I actually did start to think about how I was in relationships and that I'm like very much someone who needs time by myself like yeah like really badly but um I think I've just I've just realized that like yeah in like conflict situations and things like that as well like I'm just so Mm. bad I just completely I'm like check out and I'm like yeah at the situation 
and it is helpful once you realize that isn't it because you can start be, mm-hmm. you, when you start doing it you can be like oh look at me doing that thing <laughs> you can like yeah, step right. outside of yourself and be like yeah, maybe this is not how I should respond to this moment <laughs> like, exactly yeah. like really stepping outside of it and being like okay this is my response to this and this is how I could try and respond differently you know yeah I think even it even goes into like um sex and how people use sex to like because of their attachment styles or even like um you know not sex itself but like touching your partner like holding hands and stuff like that like you know now it's like a lightning honestly it's like a light bulb has gone off in my head because I can also remember times like when someone has kissed me in public and I've been like what are you what are you doing you know how dare you how dare you kiss me in front of other people uh which is a little bit nuts you know I'm not ashamed to admit and this is very very good news for me and for anyone who might potentially want to be romantically involved with me in the future yeah I'm working on myself guys so (laughs) things are looking up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um I did want to sneak in one more thing actually Did you, when you were talking about Apple TV last time, what were the things that you recommended from that? Just to remind me. A lot of good stuff on it, actually. So I watched a TV show called Severance, which is amazing. I thought it was so good. That sounds good. good. Um, Just because I watched a movie on there, but you might have already spoken about it. It's called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen adverts for it. So... I don't know, I said cha-cha. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, really, really good movie. Um, if you want, like, a weepy film, watch it. I didn't think it was going to be that. I thought it would be funny. So I was sorely disappointed on that front because I wept mm. the whole way through. But it was really, really, really great. It's got um, Dakota Johnson. I can't remember the, the name of the bloke, but he's a very good, like, upcoming... Mm. up and coming actor Mm. and basically she's already engaged in a very serious relationship and he um he is kind of becomes her like babysitter for her daughter who's autistic so I liked the fact that it had great like autistic representation and the fact that um what was interesting was that the the lead woman was quite open about the fact that um, she was having intimacy issues and that was actually the reason that she was dating this guy, not because she didn't want to get married. So my avoidant brain really like tapped into that storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that makes total sense to me that you would be freaking out and like mm-hmm. doing silly things. But it was really sad because she was really hurting the guy that she was dating. Very sad story, but like really well done. I, I love like mm-hmm. an indie drama kind of thing. So there you go. Okay. Those are my good. recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah apple tv i mean we we also support all the other platforms <laughs> i just feel like i'm doing that as a joke because <laughs> we're not the bbc <laughs> it's probably basically been an advert for them for the past few weeks <laughs> anyway so yeah are you done with your recommendations now or yeah yeah that's, yeah that's it that's, that's it. it. That's, that's the whole the whole deal. That's a wrap. Um, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening again. And um, it would be quite good, actually, I think, at this point to get some ideas from you of what you would like us to talk about next. Um, yeah. We're really hoping that this one goes out this Friday. 
Like, <laughs> please, God, so. let the tech side work this time. Um, yeah. And if it does, then hopefully we can go back to recording a bit more regularly. So sorry yeah. for the little gap there. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll be back yeah, stronger. Definitely let us know what you would like us to talk about. You can do it on our Instagram, which is at feminist.fiction. Mm-hmm. And also make sure that you rate and review the show and like and subscribe there's like it's different on different platforms isn't it? yeah um, yeah but yeah that really helps us to like get the podcast to more people and you know tell your friends tell your family um and tell yeah, them all. thank you so much for listening oh yeah we love you and we'll see you next time bye everybody <laughs> bye